I will find my way. I will go the distance. I'll be there someday. If I can be Nacho Mama's Christine Podcast. Welcome everybody to Nacho Mama's Christian Podcast. The Christian Podcast doesn't take itself too seriously. I am your host, Shane, here with my brother, Eric. Say hello to the people. Did everyone know where, what movie that's from? Hold on, let them think. You got it. It's from Hercules. Yeah. Get it? Right, because we're Can, interviewing Kevin Sorbo today. <laughs> we are. Um, we've already done the interview. This yep. is kind of our post-interview thing. Now, um, It's our post-interview that we re- that we released before the interview. Yes. So we're not going to give too much of the interview away. Um, but let's do some backstory before we get to the interview. Well, let's, uh, some people may I, not know who Kevin Sorbo is. He, um, so yeah, he was Hercules in the nineties. Yep. Um, and uh, there was what was the other show from back in the day that he was in? Can't remember. Zena, he said it. No. It, well, no. yeah, that, but he like made a cameo. Or, yeah, like, yeah. He but no, there him. was another pretty popular show in the nineties that he was in. Um, if you look up Kevin Sorbo, you might know him, especially um, if you're an older listener. We knew him. Uh, we're nineties sure. kids. Yeah. I never watched Hercules because we were too young when it came out. But I remember like seeing commercials about it all. Yeah, the time yeah, and- yeah. I remember trying to watch Xena, <laughs> but that was for different boy reasons <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> um, anyways, okay. So um, let's do some backstory before we get yeah. talk about the interview. So um, we get in, we get emails constantly. Not constantly. We get a good amount of emails from different publicists that um, want us to interview people that made a movie or a documentary, wrote a book, which is great. Um, Typically in the Christian world. uh, Almost always in the Christian world, right? Um, And so some of the bigger interviews we've had have been that way, um, or not even bigger interviews, just people that... Are a little bit more famous or well-known. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... I don't know. I'm trying to think. Ted DiBiase. <laughs> That's the one I was thinking of, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Just because we loved wrestling growing up. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, whatever. So like there's, there's most movies or documentaries we've interviewed people about have been through different publicists that have emailed us. Yeah. And um, we probably say yes to about 5% of the emails we get. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why we say no to most of them is because um, if you've, if you listen to the podcast regularly, we don't, um, we at times will make fun of Christian movies, right? <laughs> so we've done all things on it. And so a lot of those are movies that are like that. So um, we try to uh, more av- avoid that. And then, but every once in a while, a bigger name will come up like Kevin Sorbo. We even got a, we, so we were, um, someone tried to get Stephen Baldwin on our podcast at one point. Yeah. I forgot um, about that. Yeah. But that never, it just never panned out. That was years ago, but that never panned out. Um, our goal, my goal was if we got him was to, get him to say something bad about Alec and then <laughs> be, be on the news. <laughs> well, and his his daughter is married to Justin Bieber. Who? Stephen Baldwin? Yeah, his daughter is Haley Baldwin. Really? He's married to Justin Bieber. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. Know that. That's crazy. Yes. Small world. Uh-huh. Um, not really. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> but, I mean, it's not our world. <laughs> we have no... So anyway, so we saw Kevin Sorbo, but um, again, we were like, there, there's a bunch of movies that he's been in that he's been good in, just... It's not really our cup of tea, right? And it's yeah. not really kind of what the podcast's about. But then there was a, a movie that was more um, uh, about like f- science versus Christianity. And I watched it and I, and I actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it got against the tide. It was more of a documentary that he's interviewing John Lennox. And um, what I really liked about it, which I ain't even saying it, um, is that it's not as much about like creationism versus evolution. In fact, they don't even talk about yeah. like six day creation theory, any of that stuff. John Lennox just talks about how he believes in God and a lot, and he's done a lot of debates about it. Anyways, so we're like, you know what? 
It's Kevin Sorbo, Hercules, pretty famous guy. We know he does all these other movies, but there's Against the Tide documentary looks looks pretty good. So let's mm-hmm. interview him about that. Um, what was your thoughts, Shane, on the interview? So we're struggling with this <laughs> because we just got done the interview, and um, he's really nice. He's very he was nice. Very nice. He was very gracious with his time. Um, yeah, I. And he was very nice to us. He didn't yeah. seem like he was trying to rush out of the interview. We've done no. interviews with people that are trying to rush out of the yeah. interview. He so, gave us he, as much time as we wanted. He, yeah. he was given to played, us. We played a game with him, and he was all for the game. Yeah. And even afterwards, he was still kind of talking to us a little before the interview, before after the interview. There, mm-hmm. there was no feeling that he was trying to rush out of the interview. The problem is um, he, he, he really wanted to talk a lot about politics. Yeah, we didn't really want to. And we, didn't, we don't really want to. And, um, uh, and not only politics, but things that Eric and I both disagree with uh, fundamentally, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. But in, if, you, if you stick around and listen to the interview, which we want you to, well, um, yeah. it's Eric and I don't push back on anything that, that he said because we didn't want to get into a debate or an argument with him about some things. And we didn't even want to talk about some of those things. Instead, we wanted to talk about Against the Tide, and we wanted to talk about being a Christian in Hollywood was very interesting to mm-hmm. us. Like, how do you navigate that, and, and what do you do? And he talks about that a lot, and all that stuff is very interesting. It was just hard to 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 keep him from talking about politics. Well, and and let's give him the benefit of the doubt and everything, too. Today is Thursday, two days after the election right. we're still very much in the election right so a lot of people are still very fueled by it and and we kind of before we even started talking about it we did like mention a couple things like this is a weird week whatever yeah so that probably opened up that invitation but yeah we were the struggle we had with is with the interview and we're even i'm even struggling talking about it now because i don't want to we're we're not talking to him anymore i want to like we're not trying to bash him outside of the interview right we're appreciative of his time and and we enjoyed against the tide and we are glad we're being offered these kind of things. But yeah, there were a couple of things that I wanted to like almost argue with, but I was like, I don't, it's going to, I don't want to turn into a debate that's already exhausting and it yeah. feels rude, but maybe it's just me being a coward as an interviewer. <laughs> I don't know. It could be. I mean, we've never been in a position like that before where, where we, where we're talking to our guests and, and, and things are being said where I'm just like, I don't agree. Yeah. You know, like, like I, and, so, and it wasn't even just like some of it made sense for what we were talking about. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're talking about Christians in Hollywood, and there is, and I would agree with this. There is that that mindset in Hollywood that's more liberal, and um, and he kind of talks about that how you get kind of shunned if you're not in that page. And we even talked about Chris Pratt as being a prime example of that recently, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So some of that is very is very on track with all this stuff, but then. We had things about riots that I don't know how that got brought up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I did bring up COVID and that was maybe my mistake. Mm-hmm. And then, so there's some things like that, that I don't know. It's during the interview when so, some of these starts are really hitting hard and then he kind of got away from it for a while and then it was, and I really enjoyed it. But some of those parts, I could just sense Shane and I like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> what do we do now? Because I don't want to have a, it wasn't. He, we don't want to be rude to our guest either. Yeah. And um, Unless and, he came on, like we've had, um, Atheist Adam on, right? Yeah. And he comes on knowing we're going to discuss and debate. Yes. That's the, that's the point of it. Yeah. yeah. this is, We don't know Kevin at all. No. He'll we'll never probably, he'll never talk to us again. Yeah. Is we'll, my guess. We'll never, he, he won't remember us. Right, right. Right. We're just some random pastors in Baltimore mm-hmm. that did a, that has a small podcast. Like, mm-hmm. 
were so insignificant in, to his world. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and and again, the the focus of the interview was meant to be against the tide. This documentary that 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 we really enjoyed, um, and and has a lot of great information in it, and and that that's really cool and everything. So, you know, it's we're just kind of struggling with it because we're like, oh man, we kind of feel like uh, I don't know, like. I don't know how to how to put it. Sellouts, not sellouts. Um, I don't know. Uh, what's the word that we're looking for? Yeah, um, it's a it's a weird feeling after after doing the the interview to me. Mm-hmm. Like we're not being true to ourselves, maybe. Yeah, to yeah. Or true to our podcast, maybe. Which I think sense? would be sellouts, except we. It's not like we profited. From this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked, and he talked a lot of. Obviously, he does a lot of faith based movies. Yeah. Like, and and we knew that going and into and it. there's nothing wrong with face based movies but we do like if you listen to our podcast long enough we don't have a fond opinion of faith based movies and maybe we could have touched on that a little more yeah to like and he and he does kind of talk about it like they're dealing with three million dollar budget yeah right? he does talk about some of that stuff which I agree with right. so you're only going to get so much production value from three million when compared to three hundred million dollar movies and the argument there to be made is too for him is if you want the movies to get better then you got to support the movies that are being made yeah. To create more money mm-hmm. to allow us to make better movies, yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, so it's a it's a little bit of a catch twenty two, and I agree with him in a lot of ways where he talks about how uh, Hollywood just ignores so much of like really good positive family based movies, mm-hmm. right? And like especially us now with with little kids, it's like yeah, I would like some more well done mm-hmm. family based movies. Doesn't have to be necessarily faith based. And there are good family based movies out there. But um I think that there could be a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so that 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 whole conversation is interesting. And someone's gotta do it and he talks about how like he's trying to do it and there's only so much funding that you can yeah. get. There's they're only doing it on so on shoestring budgets. Yeah. Independent movies what he says. So like um So we don't want to give too much of the interview away. Yeah, yeah. But we just felt like we needed to before you listen to the interview uh, let you know that um, it was it was a weird interview for us. Mm-hmm. So and you can form your own opinions after listening. Yeah, to you it. might agree with his opinions yeah. more than fine. Um, but yeah, we just felt like we kind of just would ignore those things because we didn't want it to be a weird interview. Yeah, um, and a lot of those things you probably, if you've listened to our podcast consistently, you already know our opinion on some of the things that were touched on. And it's not even necessarily opinion. It was just. With different opinions, I'm I'm all for different opinions and debates. It just it was a little more um, harsh opinions, yeah. I would say, that that were like, oh gosh, I don't want to get into this. And I think it's I think a lot of it has to do with the what what the week that we're discussing all this stuff. Right. Like everyone is hypersensitive right now, right? So um, yeah. Well, without any further ado, I think that's enough. Yeah, we can get before to our we, interview before we, we say anything. <laughs> anything else uh, but uh, we do want to thank him for joining us and spending some time with us and, um, and as we said it was he, he was extremely nice so let's get to our interview with Kevin Sorbo
Shane is Shane is my son's name. That's a good name. A good name. <laughs> my mom named me after a soap opera character. With Fred, really? yeah, with uh, the person who played the nanny. I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen it, but <laughs> one of my uh, one of my best buddies, one of the stunt guys on my series Hercules down in New Zealand, his name was Shane, and I always just like that name. Nice, yeah. nice. And the Western, I remember that book. Everyone always says that too. Shane, so, that Western's <laughs> overrated. <I've> yeah. seen, <laughs> it ain't that good. Yeah, you know what? And Shane's overrated, so it matches <laughs> well. <laughs> Great. Well, we are here with Hercules himself, Kevin Sorbo. Kevin, thank you for joining us. We're really excited to talk to you. Has anybody ever asked you any questions about Hercules? <laughs> uh, I think once or twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Well, we're excited to, to have you with us. And um, you have a, a bunch of projects that are coming out pretty soon that, that seem really cool. But we want to start off learning a little bit about you. Uh, if you could just share with us a little bit about your testimony, how, how you came to be a Christian and being in Hollywood and all of those sort of things. So give us some some background there. Well, I, I grew up in a little town in uh, Minnesota, west of Minneapolis, uh, Mound, Minnesota, and the beautiful shores of uh, Lake Minnetonka. My little hometown was home to Tonka Toys. Get it? Lake Minnetonka, uh, yeah. Tonka Toys. And um, I grew up in a Lutheran church, typical, you know, Norwegian, you know, bloodline. Uh, uh, so it was, it's always been with me. I mean, I, it really wasn't until the youth pastor came along when I was a teenager, uh, Pastor Lee, which was really kind of cool for me. And I think we had a, we had a, every Wednesday we had youth night, teenage night, just 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 for just for the guys. The women had their own thing going on. The young mm-hmm. young girls, young teens, and we had our own. And he was huge for uh, for us in terms of and in terms of me, and just you know being kind of a cool guy. He was only like 23, 24 years old. And and then I remember. Um, uh, we went to see the Reverend Billy Graham speak at the St. Paul Fairgrounds, and it was a hot August night. And yes, in Minnesota, it can get very hot. <laughs> in We're not, we don't walk around with polar bears all the time. And uh, and uh, uh, there had to be like 250,000 people there. And at the end of his his, uh, his his sermon, he said, if you want to come up and talk to one of our volunteers, please come up. I was moved to go up there, and I was talking, sitting on the grass, talking to this guy. And all of a sudden, a hand went in my head, and I turned around. And it was the Reverend Billy Graham. Right. And his head was just covering the moon enough. It just had this halo around it. <laughs> <laughs> that always just kind of stuck with me. So I'm, I'm, I'm far and away not the most perfect Christian in the world, but I've, I've never lost my faith. I've never lost my belief. So it's always been there. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, yeah, and, and you mentioned in Hollywood. Well, I'm a Christian and a conservative in Hollywood, so that's like a double leper. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't take long for me to start getting more vocal about it. So about 10 years ago, my agent manager said, well, we can't book you. I mean, I love the one-way street Hollywood is with, with, with freedom of speech and tolerance. You know, they, they, they scream for tolerance, but they have zero if you don't agree with them. And uh, so thank God for independent movies. And uh, over the last 10 years, I've shot probably at least, at least 45, 50 movies. I've shot over 60 movies in my career, but uh, most of them are family-friendly and have a good message in them because I think uh, we all know – a lot of the anger, the violence, the hatred, the divisiveness that comes out of Hollywood and the movies and stuff they do on cable and television, that's sad to me. Mm-hmm. That, um, it's like, guys, you got 80 million Christian households out there that want movies that have a good message, and you're not in cable. The theology is so far crazed from that, and attacks on Christians I'm, still blows my mind. I, I, I don't quite get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This country was founded on Christian values, so here we are fighting this battle every day, and we're the ones, you know, not me, but, you know, the Christian community is the one that really built the universities back in the day. They built the hospitals you see today. 
and now we're attacking and trying to tear it down. It's mm-hmm. it's insane. I mean, we've even seen that recently with like Chris Pratt. I don't know if you saw some of the stuff with him. Where oh yeah, sure. so that, and that was literally like a month ago, two months ago, right? So yeah, and all all he did was not show up. He yep. just didn't want to, you know. Yeah. So how? Tell me a little bit about like some of the struggles that I'm sure you had with. Like you said, your your agent told you, hey, we can't really book you at this point. Going from a major TV show like Hercules and a lot of other great projects to getting to that point, like how how does that affect your faith and just your your mental health trying to keep doing that? And well, it hasn't really affected my faith at all. I mean, um, it's affected my career more than anything, and that it, it, that's that's just frustrating because I don't have that hate and anger for people who have a different religious point of view or a different political point of view. I love having talks, love having debates. I have friends who are atheists and agnostics. We have chats. We still go out and have a beer and golf together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's weird that uh, this is going on in our world right now. But that's you know that has to do with uh, in the '60s we took the Bible out of the school, and through the decades there's been a brainwash of our children. And the public education system is broken. It's pathetic what we're doing to kids today, and it's playing out now. Certainly in the streets with mm-hmm. uh, Black Lives Matter and Tifa. You look at people. 35 years and younger and the anger that they have and the frustrations that they have and uh, the belief system that they have, which is just crazy. And I've always said, you, would anybody that's out there doing this destruction of public and private property, the killing of people that say they're a Trump fan or a Christian, uh, the beatings of, with bats and chains and whatever else they got in their hands, would they be doing that if they had any biblical principles or values in their lives? Of course they wouldn't be. And I, I would love to get uh, a breakdown of what the average peaceful protester out there, how they feel. Do they have uh, parents in their lives? Do they have any love in their life? Do they like their jobs if they even have a job? I mean, it's coming out more and more that they're getting paid by George Soros. And I guarantee you, they're probably living off the very system that they hate, the capitalist system, off the tax dollars that you and I pay. They're probably collecting welfare and unemployment. I wouldn't doubt if that was uh, the truth. So then for, for us as as Christians, how then do we engage with with people on the opposite side by sharing our faith? There, you know, there's always that that struggle of how do we effectively share our faith in a loving way to make an impact on people? Do you have any thoughts about what we can do there? Well, I think you know, if there's any blessings from COVID right now, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people that are, are are searching for answers, they're really starting to search for them now because a lot of people think, my God, look what's going on, not only in America, but in the world. And my church um, has seen my pastor, I'm, I'm in Florida now, but my pastor for 10 years is still my pastor in California in Thousand Oaks out there, Pastor Rob McCoy. He kept his church open and they've been finding him every day or every time he has a church service, but he's also streaming it. And he now has, you know, from a congregation that was maybe 400 people, it's thousands now. So I think a lot of people feel more comfortable that are looking for answers, but they don't want to go into a Christian world where all these Christians are going to come up to me and say, hey, come to a potluck party or something. And they're just going online and they're watching sermons from across the country now. And um, I think they're finding answers that way. I do movies that have a good message, that have a positive message of hope and faith and love, redemption. And people are looking for that now more than ever. And it's easy, it's more difficult to say as a Christian to walk up to us and say, hey, you want to come to my church service? People are, eh, I don't know. But if you say, hey, do you want to come see a movie? Mm-hmm. That's a different thing. Mm-hmm. And I get stopped through airports all the time by, you know, through airports, hotel lobbies, restaurants. People say, I loved Hercules. I loved your series Andromeda, but I really love what you're doing now. Please keep making more movies like that. But I'm telling you right now, if you guys don't support these movies, 
Hollywood wins the battle because politics is downstream from culture. Who runs the culture? Hollywood does. Yeah. So I'm trying to do movies that have a good message and Hollywood puts out their ideology with $300 million movies with $100 million to promote it. I'm yeah. doing three to $5 million movies and people watch my number, that's a lot of money. It ain't in Hollywood, okay? Yeah, yeah. That's the catering budget of Pirates of the Caribbean, trust me. <laughs> so we gotta do movies that we'll have to rely on word of mouth because movie theater owners, they don't care what they're showing. They just want to sell popcorn and yeah, sodas. Yeah. So when our movies come out, like the movies I do, like Let There Be Light and Soul Surfer and God's Not Dead, you got to go out to the theaters and support them. And pastors, you have to tell your congregation, this is a good movie because these scripts are great. The production value is just as good as anything else. We just don't have James Cameron's $300 million budget to show <laughs> visual effects. I do movies that have heart and soul to them and can touch people in a way that uh, you know, you can't be Superman, and we're not Thor, and I'm not Hercules. Mm -hmm. We're real people, and I want to do real people, uh, re real people movies. Yeah, for sure. And we got a chance to see um, your your documentary that you did with John Lennox called "Against the Tide," which we really mm -hmm. enjoyed. Um, and you kind of talked a little bit about it, some of the debates that people have been having. And I remember seeing John Lennox. Um, I can't remember if it was Stephen Hawkins or one of his debates that he did yeah. that I uh, really enjoyed. So what um, drew you to doing this project against the tide? Well, I think, um, you know, because uh, his name is brought up, John Lennox's name is brought up in the movie God's Not Dead. Yeah. And uh, it's brought up by the college student that I'm tormenting, who would be the only one in my, my uh, philosophy classroom that wouldn't sign a paper saying God's dead. So, um, because that became such an integral part of the of the debates we had on the TV on the, in the movie, they contacted me and said, "Would you love to be part of this?" And I said, Are "You kidding me? I, I certainly knew who John Lennox was. Never met him. So we we shot three weeks in um, in Oxford, England. And for those who don't know, who John Lennox is he's a retired math professor. He holds like six doctorates and speaks another five six languages. Way he's smarter than us. Way smarter oh, than yeah. us. <laughs> and so and then we spent uh, three weeks in Oxford and two weeks in Israel, mm -hmm. and. Um, it was an amazing educational experience for me, and that's what this documentary would be for people. He's an apologist, and even when he was still teaching math, he was still doing, the, you know, debating Doc Dawkins and Hitchens and all these other atheists. And uh, he kills them with kindness and love and God and the Bible verses in a Winnie the Pooh voice. He's an amazing guy. <laughs> He's just a cool guy to hang out with. And it's November 19th, 20th, and 23rd. So go to um, uh, againstthetide.movie, againstthetide.movie, and the link will pop up. Put in your zip code, and it shows what movie theater is near you. But please check it out. This is an amazing way for Christians to defend their faith. And I would say bring a pen and paper and jot down bullet points as the thing goes along, and then get it when it comes out on streaming or DVDs, and get it for 10 friends, and spread this thing like wildfire in a positive way. Mm. So in, for you being a part of that, is there anything that stands out to you throughout that process where it's like, this really was something that, that, helped, that, that I learned in the process that I didn't know before, or something well, that strengthened your faith? You know, there's a lot of things in there, and I don't want to give too much away because yeah. I want people to watch this, but I'm going to tell you two things that were interesting to me that, that really that really struck me. Um, one was actually getting to Israel, and I got to go to places that most tourists will never get the chance to see because of this production and the, and the permits that we got. And uh, we there's, there's one scene where I got to go up what used to be 2,000 years ago, used to, used to be like a castle, and now they've built around just part of it because the castle since has, has disappeared. But they have, uh, they still have the balcony 
that Pilate came out and said, which of these two men do you want to save and which of them do you want me to crucify? We have uh, Barabbas out there and Jesus. And I stood on that balcony and they rarely let people up. There's a gentleman who's a Muslim turned Christian that brought me up in this small little tight little elevator, fits two people. And I walked out there and I turned and I looked at him. I said, you coming out? He goes, well, I can't go out there. I said, why? I said, because this is special for, for only a few people get to do this. So to stand there, that kind of blew me away. And the, the, you know, to visualize the 2000 years ago. And one thing John said to me that I never really thought about, you know, but we're looking at this massive Jewish cemetery there in Israel. And um, John just looks at me and he says, you know, there's no other religion that has a resurrection. He said, Jesus isn't buried here because they never found the body. They don't, there is no body to find. And that really kind of hit me. You kind of know that, but you know, I didn't really think about it that time. You always think you die, you get you know put in a grave or something. And um, that alone made you go, wow. Because even Muhammad, when he when they died, they buried him. You know, so this is, there was no ascension or anything like that. So with, with Jesus, um, that's something that uh, I, I would love people to battle on and have a discussion on that because, you know, my atheist friends, every time you prove anything in the Bible, because they think it's a myth, it just uh, infuriates them. And it's one of the great lines when God's not dead, when the college student looks at me and goes, why do you get so mad about something you don't believe in? <laughs> That's yeah. a great line. Yeah. And I tell my wife all the time who loves vegetables, they said, I don't believe in broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what, like our faith, because Shane and I are both pastors and um, our faith hinges on an event in history. That's what it all is. It's the fact that sure. we believe that Jesus came, said, I'm the son of God. I'm going to die for everyone's sin. I'm going to prove it by coming back like three days later. We believe that happened. And then if you look at history, you can see different things that happened that I don't, there's no other explanation besides this dude really died and came back to life three days later. I mean, look at even as simple as like the Jewish culture changed their Sabbath. Like, why would they have done that right after that? Because all of a sudden, oh, Jesus resurrected on this day, so we're changing to this day from here on out. Yeah. There's so many things. So when our faith hinges on something like that, science is no longer a enemy. It's like, oh, no, it's just supporting what we know is true because in history, Jesus came, died, came back to life, and we have proof of that. We have, Our history proves that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's um, it, it, it's, been a, it's been a fun ride for me to be part of this thing, to, to learn as much as I got to learn. I still have a lot to learn. Um, and like I said, I hope people do check this thing out because it's a wonderful, wonderful way to to challenge your faith. And since you're both pastors, I do a lot of speaking events. Obviously, COVID has killed most of them. I'm actually yeah. do, going back to my home state to do one in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's going to be it's a it's a prayer event that I'm doing in uh, just north of Minneapolis there in, in the St. Cloud area. But I, I tell pastors all the time, there's a lot of places I speak at. I do a lot of Christian education and uh, pro-life speaking. And I always remind pastors, as I remind you, um, you work for God. You don't work for government. And too many pastors are so afraid to mix politics with religion when the reality is that's how this country was founded. It was founded on Judeo-Christian values. You know, our, our, our laws are based on the Bible, for crying out loud. And we're so afraid that, oh, my gosh, we shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't say this. My pastor back home, Rob, said, uh, you know, he says, I try to uh, work my congregation down to a man- manageable size. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we can talk in the talk and stop worrying about the political correct world out there because there's nothing correct about political correctness. That's, um, you know, two plus two is four. And they're trying to change that all the time right now. 
Uh, look at Common Core Math, for instance. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy what we're doing out there. And uh, we can't be afraid. I mean, look, uh, the big Hollywood door closed for me, but another door opened. And it really started 10 years ago um, when Dallas Jenkins came to me. He's Jerry Jenkins' son, who wrote Jerry Jenkins wrote Left Behind um, with, with, uh, with LaHaye. And um, he came to me with a script. He's a good friend of mine. And he said, hey, what do you think of the script? So I read it and I called him up that night and I said, who's playing the part of Pastor? Uh, the pastor was Pastor Ben. He said, I threw out a couple names. I said, no, I'm playing. He goes, dude, I can't afford you. This is such a low budget movie. Mm -hmm. um, I just said, I don't care what the budget is. I have to do it. And it's called What If. Mm -hmm. And What If was my first really unapologetic faith-based movie that I'd ever done. Um, even with Hercules, they had a lot, I love the fact that they wrote a lot of moral message in it. They really did. And yeah. I could tell from the letters coming in from the 176 countries that that TV series reached. Mm -hmm. But uh, that movie is written by the same guys who did God's Not Dead, which came out like three years later. Trust me when I said, what if, in my mind, I've done over 60 movies. It's in my top five movies. It's better than God's Not Dead. It's a better movie. And uh, I, I just, it's funny because... It's on my mind because I just emailed the Pierfox guys and I said, you need to re-release that movie right now as an original movie that wasn't out 10 years ago because it doesn't age at all and it plays great. And uh, it's funny, it's uplifting, you'll cry, you'll laugh, you'll cheer, and it's uh, a very amazing movie. And I think, uh, I, I wish people would go check it out. What if it's a really, really good movie? Yeah. yeah. Now, and a lot of the things that you've done have been based around atheism and Christianity. And there's a stigma out there that, that an atheist ha is the educated person or a, 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 or the smarter person. And Christianity is a not nice way of saying it, the dumber person uh, and not using facts or science or whatever it may be. And we find this stigma that that is in our world and in our country where if you're a Christian, then you just aren't uh, aren't smart or you choose not to look at, at the truth or the facts you or whatever to be it may naive be. You or... choose to be naive. So how have you dealt with that um, in making these movies and dealing with that stigma as well? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny when, you get, when people say that uh, because – uh, every time I, I meet an atheist on the set, we're talking about stuff. They say, well, science proves God didn't exist. I said, well, in what way? And they never they never really give you anything. It's just the biggest answer with with them is you're wrong. And they walk away. They go, science, and they walk away. You know? <laughs> so I'm starting to say that all the time now, too. And I go, no, God exists. And I go, well, science, of course. <laughs> um, here's the thing with me. is, is, is As simple as I make this for myself, I, I tell people, you know, we could be sitting at a table in a restaurant and I go, who made the table? They go, somebody made it. Who made the building? Somebody made it. And I go, okay, there you go. Somebody made all this, okay? You cannot get something from nothing. You just can't. Well, how did God get here? We don't know how God, how God became, mm -hmm. you know? It's, he says, I am who I am. And the reality is, you look at the stars at night and you're only seeing our universe from crown. There's billions of universes out there. Try to, you know, you can you can implode your mind trying to think of forever that you, you don't reach the end of the universe and all of a sudden hit a wall like in a Truman show or something, you know, yeah. it, it goes forever. How, how can you wrap your mind around that and just say, oh, what happened? It, you can't get something from nothing. It's impossible. So to me, that's the biggest belief that I have, that there's somebody out there that created all this and it wasn't you and it wasn't me. Right. Mm -hmm. I think John Lennox said it in Against the Tide. He said um, uh, that atheists will believe that creation created us 
where we believe God created creation. I believe that's how he said it. Mm-hmm. And I loved his analogy that he had when looking at science and evolution and everything else is he had the analogy of the boiling water where um, he said, you can ask, oh, where did that boiling water come from? Why Or why is that water boiling? And someone would say, well, it's because we're heating it up and electrons are moving. And the other one's saying, because I want a cup of coffee. But it still is the same correct answer. I loved that. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm saving that and stealing that for a sermon illustration. Neil <laughs> <laughs> away. He's got great books out there, too. I can't remember the title of his most recent one, but if they go online, they'll find it. Mm-hmm. And he said, he's, his most recent one is, he says, it's like the Cliff Note version. Mm-hmm. It's basically... Um, apologetics for dummies, and that's yeah. perfect for someone like me. Yeah, <laughs> and I, too. I've um, over my life, I, and I, we grew up in a Christian home. There was a, there was this feeling deep down in me, it might have just been me or maybe the culture I was in that science was like the enemy of what we were talking of, of of our faith, and that the more we push into that, and the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that God is continually revealing Himself to us. Like uh, the analogy I heard was when you have a kid who's five years old and they ask, um, where, where do babies come from? You're going to give an answer, but not like a real answer. But if they're 15 and they ask that, then you're going to be like, you should know by now where do they come from. Right? So God is constantly, as we grow, we learn more and we discover more about him. He's constantly revealing more to us stuff that, that we weren't able to comprehend the old Testament or the new Testament, or even 40 years ago, we're still comprehending instead of it being, uh, well, I got to argue that against this. It's like, oh no, yeah, that that shows why I believe in a god because how DNA is so intricate, the how everything's the singularity, which is part of the Big Bang, that makes sense because there's a god out there. So that the more I've discovered and the more I try to discover, I feel like I'm learning more and more about who God is. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. You you look at you look at trees, you look at plants, you look at everything. Math is involved in everything here. So two plus two is always going to be four, and we're trying to change all that stuff right now. I mean, we talked about earlier about the hatred and the anger and all the stuff that's going on. Um, the best the best we can do is be forgiving Christians because uh, my atheist friends, agnostic friends, a lot, some of the times they, a lot of times they'll say, you know, you Christians think you're so perfect and you're so, you're so judgmental. And there's a lot of truth to that in our world. And, you know, as Jesus said, don't look at the speck in your brother's eye, but look at the log in your own because the reality is um, – there is a stigma to it, but a lot of that comes from the press as well. The mainstream media has done a great job over the last half century of really just battering over the head anybody who has a Christian point of view, which is weird to me when the Christians are the one who are the most giving people, the most people that, uh, that you know, that not only the hospitals, but the, you know, um, the, the universities, all that. And we're just like bypassing that because we're listening to what the media has to say. And look at the hate that they have, though. And uh, we, we have to find a way. We're called to harvest, and we got to find a way to harvest in a smart way and not a judgmental way and not a negative way. Because I've already had people say to me in the Christian world, it goes, man, if you screw up one time, they're not going to forgive you. And I thought, well, that's just sad. That's sad. I screw up every day for crying out loud. I'm not perfect, you know, and uh, that's why we have the power of prayer and the power of forgiveness. I mean, there are probably things I've done in my life. I know the things that I have a hard time forgiving myself, but I know God's forgiven me. The biggest thing for me to get past doing this, some of the stupid things I've done in my past. Yeah, that's good. Right? That message of love and forgiveness is everything to us and to, and to yeah. our faith. And so thank you for sharing that and for, and for being a part of that. Before we let you go, we just want to play a, a quick game with you, if that's all right, called, called sure. This or That. <laughs> Um, to, hey, to before, get... you, before you go, before yeah. you do, I got to throw out KevinSorbo.net. Okay, KevinSorbo.net. Please go there. Christmas is coming up. Look, 
I came out with a book. A lot of people don't know. At the end of season five in Hercules, I suffered a series of strokes. I had an aneurysm right up here in my shoulder. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's called um, True Strength, My Journey from Hercules to Mere Mortal and How Nearly Dying Saved My Life. And this opened up speaking engagements to me. I never thought I'd be going to do speaking, but I not only you know, spoke in front of doctors and nurses and medical communities, but they opened up now. It's been a lot of pro-life, uh, Christian education, things like that. Um, and then the follow-up book just came out. My wife and I wrote together. It's called True Faith. And we need faith more than in, ever in our worlds right now with what's going on. So they can get an autographed copy if they go to kevinsorbo.net and also see what's going on with a lot of other things coming up. I got three other movies in the can coming out. Um, back here is the poster, the latest one I directed. It's called Miracle in East Texas. True yeah. Story, 1930. Can't wait for that to come out. It'll be out next spring. But uh, uh, one super high note, I just got funded. It's so hard to get funding for our little movies. Yeah, which yeah. Drives me crazy. I meet these billionaire <laughs> Christians, and it's like, going, I can almost guarantee you at least get your money back. You may not make <laughs> a billion dollars off it, but we're, we're spreading the word, and we reach a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I'm doing the next Left Behind movie. I'll be directing it and starring. Oh, wow. Cool. Wow. Very excited to be part of that. Yeah. Okay. I know you also have um, uh, Faith Under Fire coming out. Um, soon, yeah, right? it actually comes out November 27th through December 1st, yep. I think. Yep. Um, I play a doctor in it. Dean Kane plays a pastor. And we're just sort of cameo roles in it. Really, the, the leading force um, is the life of this fireman who's lost his wife to cancer. His daughter now is sick in a hospital. I'm playing the doctor trying to save her life. So, sort of play on words. You know, he has faith, but now, uh, besides being a fireman, he's reached a wall of fire inside that faith and how you deal with that. And that's really what my book, True Strength, True Strength, deals with, the roadblocks that we all hit in life. God never promised life to be perfect. And uh, it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to have you're gonna have bumps and uh, moguls and, and rock walls in your face. And how do you deal with that? How do you get past that? And a lot of it is finding your own true strength. And I titled True Strength because on Hercules, I had a lot of stunt guys making me look like a stud. The reality is... <laughs> Um, you know, most of those guys probably could have kicked my butt, but <laughs> my TV show. So, yeah. Oh, we just watched before this, we watched like a clip from Hercules and we were like, man, he was so jacked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. probably, you are still, we can say you're still jacked now, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an old dude now. I couldn't do, I couldn't do 80% of those stunts. I used to, I mean, it was 20 years ago already, you know, yeah, actually yeah. the series started 27 years ago. It finished 20 years ago, Jeez. Wow. but it's still out there in about 60 countries, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And Faith Under Fire has Hercules and Superman in the same movie. So I know. <laughs> what, can you, what can you do? So, all right, let's play a quick game, and then we'll, we'll get you out of here, Kevin. So it's a simple game. This or that, you have to answer. just simply answer. We don't need an explanation unless you want to really explain it. But And we'll decide whether you're right or wrong. I just, say, I just say this or that. This or that, whichever one. It's going to be very simple stuff. Um, right. And then we're keeping a tally of everyone we interview to see at the end like who how many people picked each one. So, okay. Kevin, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Coke or Pepsi? Can I say neither? He's Hercules. He doesn't drink soda. That's true. You can't, you can't <laughs> yeah, be you as buff as neither. Kevin is if you're drinking Coke or Pepsi. I'm not much of a soda guy. All yeah. right. Fine. Um, up early or up late? Uh, this. What? <laughs> I'm up early. Okay. I'm early. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to say this or that? So I was going off no, the yeah. So No, yeah. So sorry. <laughs> up, early. up early. Up early. Up early. Okay. Uh, Coke or pie? No, or no, cake. sorry. Cake or pie? Pie. Pie. Sweet or salty? Salty. Tea or coffee? Non-caffeinated tea. Non-caffeinated <laughs> tea. Uh, life or monopoly? Life. 
See, Monopoly takes too long. Yeah. If you're asked, if I mean, no one asks, but if if you <laughs> ask me, uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. And breakfast or dinner? <sighs> oh, my God, we got Kevin on this one. I'll go with breakfast. All right, and maybe even a Brenner option. Yeah, huh? you can breakfast do breakfast for dinner. dinner. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, well, it's just now, but I um, I can do without dinner. I love a good breakfast. Okay, that makes sense. I I am the complete opposite of that. <laughs> I could I could not eat breakfast and dinner all day. I eat way too much. Breakfast for is the most important meal. <laughs> well, yes, I just uh, I I. I'm actually doing something called Thrive right now, so I just do a shake in the morning. Yeah, but I still, I still, I make pancakes and waffles from scratch. I'm very good at omelets. I mean, uh-huh. I love, I love breakfast. It was tired to think about it because I do like dinner as well, but because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a barbecue king. But oh. um, it's, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Nice. That's awesome. All right, fair enough. Well, Kevin, you you kind of already said a little bit, but but just one last time, remind everybody where they can find more information about you. Uh, KevinSorbo.net is the best place to go. KevinSorbo.net, not .com. And I've got all kinds of info on there, a lot of movies coming up. Um, there's the merchandise section. Christmas is coming up on my DVDs. You get autograph copies of that. Uh, if you want to splurge a little bit, I got the original clothing from uh, Andromeda and all, a lot of my movies, original scripts with my wow. notes in them. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff on there. So yeah. fans, check that out. There's some good stuff in there. Awesome. And Against the Tide hits theaters uh, November 19th and the 23rd. And then uh, Faith Under Fire, November 27th through December 1st. And then there's plenty of other stuff. If you go to your IMDb page, you're, you have plenty of stuff coming out. So we're excited to see that. And Kevin, we're, we're so thankful that you uh, joined us today. Um, thank you so much for, for talking pleasure. with I got, us. I got to throw in one more thing. Go ahead. Um, uh, Dennis Quaid is playing Reagan, President Reagan in the Reagan movie. Yeah. And I'm playing his pastor. So I'll try to do a wow. good job. Wow. Wow. That's Very awesome. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, hey, when, when, when does that come out? I would guess next summer. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. How is filming with COVID? Like, is it all messed up it's right, now? right now? I've, look, I, I've had probably 16 appearances, speaking events, all canceled this year. Yeah. yeah. And I had two movies funded, ready to go. They canceled. Wow. Now the funders are freaking out. So I don't know if it'll ever come back. And I, I swear to you, I mean, fear is an amazing weapon and the control at all levels of government and what they're doing all over, over our lives right now. I'm not a fan of it. I'm sick of it. And um, I think we got to get back to living our lives. We have to protect those, the pre-existing conditions. I know COVID's a real thing, but so is the flu. We had a vaccine for 80 years on the flu, and we still have 40, 50,000 people a year die from that. Um, Two million people a year die from car accidents. Should we stop banned cars? I mean, what's going on, guys? We got we have to live our lives and let our immune systems do what they do. Our bodies are built from God, and they're built to fight off things. We need to get the bottom of it. I'm getting political here now, but we need to get the (laughs) reason behind uh, the the, the COVID thing. And once again, I'm not dismissing how contagious this thing is, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's really affecting most people. The vast majority are people with pre-existing conditions and over 80 years of age. We need to protect those people. and I'm all for that. But uh, I go crazy seeing a six-year-old kid forced to wear a mask. It drives me nuts. And, so, and even like movies, like I think AMC, we just found out was losing, like lost ninety million well, in third quarter, like yeah. something crazy oh, yeah. about well, that. I, Regal, Regal Cinema, I heard is out of business. It's done, I, yeah. I don't know, but I just finished shooting eight episodes of a sitcom, and um, we had to go, I go back to LA for that, and we crammed all eight weeks into five eight episodes into five weeks, and normally about two and a half months, and we had to do three COVID tests a week, wow. and everybody passed, which was fantastic because there's a lot of false positives out there too. And uh, they had a false positive on the Reagan movie, and they had to shut down for two weeks. And but they oh, well, they still freaked out. And it's like, you know what? 
use some common sense and uh you know we we, we got to fight this thing back and not let not let our lives and independence taken away we the people need to stand up for we the people kevin thank you so much for your time we're excited for everything you're doing so thank you so All much right, man. Guys. thank you for listening to not your mama's christian podcast make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review to support the podcast go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.